Let's get right into the word of God. Since the first week of January here, we've been covering the gospel of Matthew. The gospel of Matthew. And today, in light of what happened last week, if you haven't seen it, the Lord really gave us a powerful message on generations. And I felt driven by the spirit of God to continue, of course, in the gospel of Matthew all the way through Easter. In order to extrapolate biblical principles and truths that will enable us to both expand both the now and the next. So let me encourage you to go to the podcast from last week, go to our website, download our app, visit our YouTube channel, and get the message from last week, which is the faith of generation now and the face of generation next. There, are, there is another narrative. One of them, we briefly referenced it last week, and that's why these two amazing young ladies are here to, to serve as examples. There's another narrative that serves to be Let's just say an addendum to the message from last week. Matthew chapter 9, let me read it. Verse 18, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. We heard this last week. My daughter has just died. Can you bring her back to life again? All you have to do is come and lay your hands on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. That's the part we covered last week. This is the part we did not. Verse 20, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, the hem of his garment. For she believed, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that very moment. Matthew 15, this is the story we did cover last week. We're going to expand on it a bit. Let's go to verse 22. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, talking to Jesus, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus ignored her, gave her no reply, not even a word. Oh, snap. How does that mess up with your theology? She comes up to Jesus, my daughter's demon possessed, please help me. And Jesus didn't even respond. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. And even the people around him were like, she's irking us. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Oh, wow. That's not politically correct. If that would take place in 2021, there would be a cancel campaign. Against Jesus and his disciples. Cancel Jesus. Cancel his disciples. They were insensitive. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Let me put that right in the the appropriate translation. My priority is first with these people, then the rest. But she came and worshipped him. I like that. Instead of going away, she came and she worshipped him. Now she's using the worship mechanism. She worshiped him. If I can't get your attention through my begging, I'm going to get your attention through my worship. You'll get that in a second. Lord, help me. And then Jesus answers her. Now he doesn't ignore her anymore, but his answer is kind of rough. Isn't it right? It isn't right if I take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Again, let me digress to last week. Jesus is not calling the woman a dog. This is a historically, culturally contextualized phrase, which means my priorities are my priorities. And I have no time right now for the secondary issues. 
That's what he's saying. She's never calling the woman a dog. But she replied. This is, the, this is the part where she could have gone away again. This is rejection number two. And this woman had this crazy faith. And she replies, hey, that's true. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall from beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, the moment you say that, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Two different stories, yet nearly identical in both process and outcome. Two individuals, they both happened to be women who couldn't take no for an answer. There's so much here, but I won't. Let me repeat that. They both happened to be women who couldn't take no for an answer. They were both broken. One physically, the other one domestically, her family, her child, her daughter. They both believed that the answer was in the presence of Jesus. And they both exhibited desperate faith. They both embodied the following declarative statement. It may not be my season, but I'm not going anywhere without my breakthrough. Desperate times, desperate faith. So I want to title this message. It may not be my season, but I'm not going anywhere without my breakthrough. Desperate times, desperate faith, how the now generation breaks in will determine how the next generation breaks out. The now generation must teach the next generation that broken people have access to the presence of God. These two women were broken, broken. One was broken by her physical condition. The other by the condition of her daughter who was demon-possessed. Sometimes we're broken because of our own personal condition, but sometimes we're broken by the condition of someone we love. Have you ever been there? They were both broken. The now generation must teach the next generation that broken people have access to the presence of God. The now generation, even though we may be bleeding, we must show the next generation that our brokenness does not disqualify us. Ladies and gentlemen, there are those that believe that only the perfect have access to the presence of God. There are those that believe that only the pristine have access to the presence of God. The Pharisees say that if you're broken, you can't come into the presence of God. The religious class says that if you are broken, you can't get into the presence of God. Dogmatic constructs, teachings of men, that if we are broken, we can't get into the presence of God. But who do you think Jesus came in for the first place? He came for the broken. He came for the marginalized. He came for the wounded. He came for the hurting. He came for the suffering. Jesus didn't come to promote the perfect. He came to bless the broken. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Luke 4, 18, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost, Luke 19, 10. I'm here to declare that God is about to do great things with broken people.
Let me repeat that. God is about to do great things with broken people. God is about to do great things with broken people. God is going to use some of the most broken people in some of the greatest of ways. And I hear the Spirit of God saying, I'm going to make history with broken people. Not because of what they did, but because what I'm about to do with them and through them. So I need you to get ready. Get ready to go from broke to blessed. From overwhelmed to overflow. From having nightmares to dreaming visions. From I can't do anything to I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. They were both broken. They were both broken, and yet they had access to the presence of God. When the now, number two, when the now generation fights to get into the presence of God, the next generation will come to life with the power of God. They were both broken. Again, you had a woman with a physical issue, and you had a woman whose daughter was demon-possessed. They both had issues. It's a very rare thing to see women having issues. <laughs> behave, son, behave. But they both under... I'm glad my wife is not here for this first sermon. She's on the way. 12 o'clock will be different. But the, 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 these things will probably not come out of the preacher's mouth. Probably not. They both understood that the presence of God changes everything. They were broken, but they knew the secret sauce. The presence of God changes everything. If I can get into his presence and touch him, if I can get into his presence and talk to him, I love this. All I got to do is touch him. All I got to do is talk, have a conversation. Woo! What you do and what you say in the presence of God changes the outcome. Oh, you missed that. What you do and what you say in the presence of God will change the outcome. Let me repeat that one more time. What you do and what you say in the presence of God will change the outcome. She was healed. The person that was healed wasn't even here. All because of what she said in the presence of God. Prompted God to do something in someone's life who wasn't even in the presence of God. Oh, man. Do not forsake your time in the presence of God. Don't just come to church for the purpose of having some routine, secondary habit or ritual. When you come into God's house, it's not that you're living out a ritual. You're not filling out an obligation. You are stepping. When we come together, God says, when my people come together, I will be in the midst of them. So when you come to church, you're not coming into new season. You're not coming into first Baptist. You're not coming into first assembly of God, church of God, four square, Christian missionary alliance. When you come together, you are literally stepping into the presence of Almighty God. And when you are in God's presence, what you do and what you say will change the outcome. Presence. Now, why do they want what? Why were they so committed, enamored to the presence? Why? Just the presence? Because, ladies and gentlemen, presence equals power. One woman touched him and power came out. 
The other woman refused to leave his presence unless his power would be released upon the next generation. We cannot see the power until we are in his presence. His presence carries the power. You cannot experience the power of God unless you've been in the presence of God. If this generation falls in love with the presence of God, the next generation will be transformed with the power of God. When she stepped into his presence and touched the hem of his garment, power came out. When the other woman answered Jesus back and said, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the table. In other words, I'm not going anywhere till I get my breakthrough. Power came out. Oh, I want to say something here. We need to be careful. I am witnessing a generation that is comfortable with his presence, but not comfortable with his power. I am witnessing a generation of believers that are comfortable with lifting up their hands, but not comfortable with the laying of hands. I am witnessing a generation that is comfortable with telling God, fill me, but not willing to tell the devil, get thee behind me. Oh, wow. These two women did not just want to be in his presence. They wanted the power that his presence produced. We need a church. I said, we need a church. We need pastors. We need teachers, prophets. We need cultural architects, reformers, innovators, doctors, nurses, entrepreneurs, writers, influencers. We need generational definers who will dare to say, we want to step into your presence and step out with your power. We need presence and power, people. We need people that know how to step into God's presence and step out with God's power. Luke 10, 19, I have given you power to trample on snakes and scorpions and to defeat the power of your enemy, Satan. Nothing can harm you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power of love and of self-control i'm here to tell you the presence of god unleashes the power of god in order for us to live out the purpose of god let me repeat that the presence of god unleashes the power of god in order for us to live out the purpose of god there is power in the presence of god there is power in the name of jesus there is power in the blood of the lamb there is power in the word of God. There is power when you pray. There is power when you worship. There is power when you praise. There is power when you live holy. There is power when you live healed. There is power when you forgive. And there is power when you forget. There is power when you give. There is power when you bless your friends. And there is power when you bless your enemies. There is power when you take care of the widow, the orphan, the poor, and the hungry. There is power when you speak truth there is power when you live in truth there is power when you love there is power when you fast there is power when you do justice when you love mercy and when you walk humbly before God get ready to see the power of God in you with you and through you so when you ask and people do ask when is Jesus coming back Pastor Sam maybe he's waiting for a powerful church to rise up 
What does that mean? It means that he's not coming back for a broken church. He's not coming back for a whining church. He's not coming back for a depressed church. He's not coming back for a fearful church. He's not coming back for a church waiting for a vaccine. He's not coming back for a politically correct church. He's not coming back for... He's not coming back for a comfortable church. He's not coming back for a silent church. He's not coming back for a dying church. Jesus is coming back for a triumphant church, a holy church, a victorious church, a thriving church, a powerful church. Are there any powerful believers in the house? Man, I wish... Our, sound, our, our team back there would get ready and just put on the 90s song, We've Got the Power. But, 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 but don't do it now. It'll be tacky. Oh, let me tell you something about presence and power. About some weeks ago, seven, eight weeks ago, y'all remember the electric storm that hit Northern California here, Sacramento region? It was heavy. I was out on, in my east, on, the east, on the East Coast at that time, and my team informed me of what happened here. So there was a power surge that hit the church. So we got hit. And the, the, the systems were off. So our systems were off, but we still got hit. There was power that hit this church, electric surge. The system was off, but because things were still connected, even though it was off, when the electric storm hit the church, even though the system was off, because it was still connected, it still experienced a surge. Oh, you missed it. No, no, no. I asked my team, but how in the world could that happen? They went, no, pastor, it doesn't have to be on. All it has to do is be connected. Some of your family members are off, but they're still connected. Oh, you missed it. You have a child right now that may be off, but they're still connected. You have a husband who may be off, but he's still connected. You have a wife who may be off, but she's still connected. And when the power hits you, I mean, somebody shout, there is a surge coming their way. Somebody give God a praise like you know what I'm talking about. We're done, we're done, we're done. Wow. One final, final point here, final point here. Third final point. When the now generation breaks in with radical faith, the next generation will break out with redemptive favor. In addition to being broken, they both approached Jesus when the Messiah was not giving them the time of day. On both occasions, Jesus showed zero interest in addressing their needs. On the one occasion, he wasn't even looking her way. He was at Jairus' house. I got other things to do. She didn't even look. She touched him from behind. From behind. He didn't even touch her. She touched him. This is for all you folk waiting for God to touch you. Y'all posting on Facebook and Instagram, I'm waiting for God to touch me. And God is saying, why don't you get up and touch me? They both did something pretty unique and rare in scripture, rare. It wasn't their season. It wasn't their turn. Jesus wasn't even looking their way, but they refused to take no for an answer. And as a result of their desperate faith, 
they both experience breakthrough. In other words, it may not be by season, but I'm not going anywhere without my breakthrough. I'm here to tell you to get ready. Get ready to exhibit desperate faith. Some of you have been waiting for a miracle, but today you're going to get up and grab a hold of your miracle. Some of you have been waiting for God to touch you, but you can't wait any longer. So you're going to get up today and touch the presence of God. Some of you have been waiting for your healing to arrive, but instead you're going to step into the presence of God and grab a hold of your healing. In other words, there comes a time that you are so desperate that your faith and your desperation become one. And it produces desperate faith. Not just anything. But mountain-moving, water-walking, miracle-working, atmosphere-shifting, breakthrough faith. I'm talking about the kind of faith that says, Lord, if you don't send healing my way, I'm going to step into your presence. And I'm going to grab a hold of my healing. Because I know there's healing in your presence. Hebrews 11.1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Let me give you another version. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. The evidence of the unseen. Faith changes the outcome. When the now generation touches Jesus, Jesus will touch the next generation. It is powerful. Let me conclude today with a story of a, of a person who you know if you're part of this church. It's by the grace of God I have the privilege of right now producing his movie. So we are working to produce this movie. It'll be in theaters next year all across America, all around the world. It's the story of, of what we call it Flaming Hot, Richard Montañez. Uh, Eva Longoria is directing this movie. And it's going to be one amazing film. What's powerful about it is the faith component. This, this, what, I'm going to need some help here. This is not scripted. Pastor Jeff, I, I, I'm going to need, come up quickly. Is, Brother Sean's not here. He left. Union worker, he left. Took a union break. My brother, come here. Because you guys can handle this. All I want you to do is, I want you to take me. I'm going to be here. And here, come up here, Brother Sean. Well, George hasn't done his buys and tries recently. I don't don't want to jeopardize that. I don't want to jeopardize that. Here's what I want to do. This is what they both, this is what they did. They ended up in a place that they never should have been at because they never had permission access. But they had tenacious faith that they went, even though it's not my turn, I'm not leaving without what I believe belongs to me. I'm not going anywhere about my breakthrough. That's crazy. That's a rare narrative in scripture. Two different occasions, two different women. They happen to be women. Again, that'll preach for a, for a women's conference. But it's pretty, it's just for everyone, right? This, this is what Richard did, what they did. Just all I wanted, this is a line. Richard was assigned to this line. And then this is, I'm going to show you something. You guys, you guys are going to take, I'm going to go here. And you guys are going to pick me up by my elbows and bring me back to my line. That's all. That's it. So I'm going to get out of line. I'm going to tell you what Richard did, just like these two women. It was back, back when Richard was a, a, a little boy. It, it was the beginning of desegregating schools in the Los Angeles area. And 
every Tuesday, and he wrote this for me, so I'm reading what he sent me. Every Tuesday, I would get in line, Pastor Sam, that, a line that was picked for me because of my ethnicity, and, 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 and I, would, I would be in that line, so I would be in the line. Well, one day, I saw that the other trailer had some cookies that my trailer did not have in my line. So my hunger for the cookie was greater than my fear. So I went to the other line, knowing that I was going to get back in the day, corporal punishment. They would have punishment in school. They would just give you, you know, with the back of the stock. They, they don't, God forbid, they would do that now. Uh, they would get a beating. But he said the fear of a beating for crossing the line, my hunger was greater than my fear. And when your hunger is greater than your fear, then you experience your breakthrough. My, my cookie was on the other side. My cookie was on the other side. So he was always in this line. And then he witnessed that in this line there were no cookies. He was a kid. Elementary school, primary school. And so what he did was, he wasn't supposed to be in that line. But he did. He got here. So I want you all to take me and put me back in my line. Put me back in the line. Just lift me up and put me back in my line. And this is what he would do. He, go ahead, put me back in my line. I'm preaching to somebody right now. And this is what he would do. Don't let anyone pick your line for you. Don't let others pick a line. That's what he. Don't let life, don't let the government, don't let your past, don't let your circumstances pick your line for you. I'm preaching now. I, I don't care how many. Your hunger has to be greater than your fear. She wanted a breakthrough. She wanted her daughter healed. I'm not going to stay in that line. I'm going to break rank. I'm going to step out of my line. And I'm going to get what belongs to me. If you believe it, shout. Yeah, you're a... Stand with me. You're already standing. Some of y'all need to step out of that line. Some of y'all have been placed in that line. And you're drinking the Kool-Aid because they've done it this way for so long. But over there is overflow. Over there is a breakthrough. Over there is the healing. You shouldn't even be here. Your issue is so culturally egregious. You should be at home. Mm -hmm. You Come shouldn't on. be even out in public. The customs of the culture dictate you women should be home. Yep. She says, I'm not staying in that line. Because Jesus is greater than the culture. Oh, I wish you would get that today in 2021. Jesus is greater than the culture. Jesus is greater than the culture. They literally told her, get out. This is not your line. She insists and just went back in. Says, I may not be my turn, may not be my season, but there's a cookie in this trailer. I ain't going anywhere. I know y'all could throw me out, kick me out, but my hunger for his presence 
is greater than my fear of man. Am I preaching to anyone right now? Raise your hands. Heavenly Father, seal this word right now. This, this word is resonating in so many spirits. Lord, I just sent your Holy Spirit telling people, get out of that line just like Richard, just like the woman with the issue of blood, just like the mom of that demon-possessed girl. Get out of that line. The line that has been already outlined, subscribed, prescribed, dictated for you. No. You're saying right now, get out of that line. Go ahead. Demonstrate desperate faith and you will experience your breakthrough. Heavenly Father, right now, we say yes to your presence. We say yes to your power. We say yes to your faith. We say yes to experiencing breakthrough even when it's not our season. We receive this word right now by your precious Holy Spirit. It is ours. If you believe it's for you and your family, say amen. If you really believe it, one more time, just raise the roof and give God a shout of praise in this place. All right, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. I'm going to dismiss you now. If there's anyone here online who says, Pastor Sam, I'm getting out of my line. I've been on this line for years. I saw other people get their bread and not, I just... I get it now. I got to do what others are not doing in, or, in order to see what others are not seeing. Absolutely. And that's faith in Christ. First of all, if you've never received everything Jesus did for you, if you've never received the forgiveness of Jesus, if you've never confessed with your mouth and your heart that Jesus died on the cross, came back to life to give you eternal life, new life and abundant life, to give you and I, to save you from hell, to save you from eternal condemnation, and to save you from yourself. Today is the day to open up your mouth and make that prayer. Just say it, Lord, I believe, I confess with my mouth, believe with my heart that you are Lord, that you died on the cross, you resurrected for the forgiveness of my sins. I receive salvation, deliverance, and healing right now. 